Oeherema Yorana. You're listening to Tereva Neyao, the only podcast currently documenting the voices and lives of Tahitian American families and couples, the long distance, the love stories, our lives between Tahiti and the United States of America. We present to you Tereva Neyao. Yorana, Yorana te imahana, Yorana ito tato farerera. Ah, uh, this is your host Ryan, and I am so happy that you tuned into episode two. That means maybe whatever I said in episode one captivated you enough to come back, right? Um, but today I have a really special guest. I mean, when I say really special, like really special, so special that I married this person. It is my wife Vairea Tupana Sam, and um, we're gonna be getting into a little about herself. We're going to talk a little about Maui culture and a little about the Tahitian American community that she and I are working together to build. So let's go ahead and bring her on. Uh, Vaidea, welcome. Can you tell us a little about your life? Obviously, I know your life story, but if you could tell our listeners about your life from birth to childhood, um, being raised in Tahiti, and then you know your perspective on how we met, fell in love, and what it was like for you to move to the U.S., Yorana Tulmon, Yorana Ryan, I mean, Yorana City. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what can I say about my life? I was born and raised in Tahiti by my both parents. My dad is born in Manihi, but he grew up in uh, Tahiti. My mom is born in Tahiti, and she grew up in Tahiti also. Um, so in my house, when I was little, it was a strong Tahitian influence uh, by my parents. They never talked French to us. They always talk in Tahitian. And um, of course, us growing up, uh, we speak French. You know, at school, we have to speak French, no Tahitian. But that's how I learned Tahitian as well. Um, that said, um, okay, I grew up most of the time with my mom's side, which they are Rurutu. Um, she's a hardcore Christian, my mom, so I also grew up with the church. Um, every Sunday, uh, she smacked me and said, get up, we have to go to church, <laughs> even though I hated it, but <laughs> I went though. Um, yeah, that's how I grew up in Tahiti, and um, I have two big brother and one little sister. Um, me and my sister are Protestant, so that means me and her have to get up early to go to um, church, which we call that Ecole de Dimoche, every morning. And after that, we go to the church. My two brothers are Catholic because my dad is Catholic, so they don't really have that expectation of my mother to go every Sunday, which they are lucky, though. And then I know that you mentioned um, that in your household, your parents spoke Reo Tehiti or Tahitian language to you guys, but do you feel like because of the time era that you grew up in the 90s in Tahiti in school, you weren't being taught Tahitian? Um, I think you've told me before that you learned Tahitian language through church. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Um, so when we go to the church um, with my mom, uh, 
l'école du dimanche a push us to read the Bible in Tahitian and also like, um, you know, recite in front of the whole community in the church. So that's the official way that I learned Tahitian, which is the Raaputu style. Um, my mom, she's kind of a broken <laughs> Tahitian speaker, meaning that she speaks sometimes Tahitian, which is the Raaputu side. And also she also speaks Rurutu to us, um, which is our family side too. And we kind of have the mixed Tahitian language in, in and out with my mother at home. But at church, it was a strong Raaputu style. So with that, I know that you were raised on your uh, Rurutu side. You always talk about like grandpa and going over there. How often did you visit Rurutu? And um, what was it like when you'd visit there and, and grow up around that side of the family? So um, every holiday, especially in June, July, uh, there's no school in Tahiti. So we, my parent, especially my mom, fly us back to Rurutu because she doesn't want to deal with us <laughs> at home. So when we were over there, my grandpa is the first one at the airport picking us and go back home. It's literally different than Tahiti. As soon as you fly there, you can already smell the pandanus leaf in the air. And um, when you arrive, it's like, clean air clean island is like so pure than tahiti it's so authentic than tahiti and um also the people over there doesn't speak at all tahitian they all speak rurutu even the babies speak rurutu to everyone like it's amazing i i don't know how to to describe rurutu the only word i know is that it's amazing to be there, to be around my family, to be around my grandpa and my cousin's brother, to have the island life. Thanks for sharing about that. Um, and then we'll go ahead and get into the next part, which is um, for all the other cultural aspects other than language and going back to Ruru too often. Um, can you tell us a little about your involvement with the Heva Iteiti every year as a teenager dash young adult? And um, what were some of the experiences like for you to prepare for the Heva, um, both as a dancer and a costume person as part of the costume team? Okay, my first experience in the Heva, it was uh i dance with uh keta fiti but even before that i already had that experience of dancing with my church and also a family gather because in tahiti we always have that like you don't have a choice if your cousin dancing and your mom sees that she's like go dance now like it's <laughs> our family is forcing us to dance even though you don't want to you don't have a choice over there in tahiti you have to dance um so that, that it's already my, my foundation of dancing. I already danced even way before the Heva. And um, when I started to go to the Heva, actually, with Ketafiti, that's how I developed that feeling of this is my call. I have to be there. Every Heva possible, possible for me to be there. Um, I didn't stop there. I danced with multiple groups as well, even outside the Heva, I still dance. 
So my thing is that uh, for experience, even though you're part of a group, it's okay to go help other group as well because that's how you gain experience of how it should be, how the feeling would be there. And also, like, to be honest, it's like you are not a property for someone else. And yeah, you, 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 your own, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can do that. That's how we do in Tahiti. But when it's your time, your group leader to go, that's when you go back, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And um, thank you for sharing that perspective with, you've shared it with me, obviously, I'll keep saying that, but. So I just just disclaimer, I know all these stories already from her, but it's just some of the stories we decided that we'd share out on the podcast about her perspective on uh, the lifestyle in Tahiti and the culture. So, okay, that being said, I know that you also did costuming. I know you started doing costuming in, in the Heva under Tiare Trumpet um, for Hey Tahiti in 2012. And um, like most people in Tahiti, know about you not from dance but they know you through the rimai which is the traditional craft culture um can you tell us about the heva rimai your family's experience with that and just like weaving artisana your mom's shop at the meiri all those things would be very very nice to hear about oh my god i i like to be humble because it's nothing to brag on it <laughs> um so uh, for that, for my mom's side, she she came from a lineage of um, people who does nirarahu, um, sewing dress. Or also, uh, my grandmother, my mom's mom, she loves to do tifei So she 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 sew tifei by hands, not by uh, machine, by hands. And my mom also is a dressmaker so already there you can tell we are already in a craft thing but from my side <laughs> i hate sewing <laughs> i don't like sewing because it takes too much time for me to 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 do that um for my my mom's dad he was a chef the group also he had a group in uh, makatea with his best friend so we have a part of dancing and drumming with my mom's side for my dad's side his mother is actually a craft woman she, uh, every time Imanhi, when the tourists come she uh, make a necklace with shells she also make hat uh, with a neo and uh, bags as well so my dad's side also have craft going on too with his family and also my dad's dad was a drummer also and he does he did have a group uh, in um group dance in manhi but i don't remember the name so like right there you can tell that i soak from my both family the craft um thing um for my myself what i love the most it's the waving I, I think it's amazing to, to do something, you know, like rara, and also I love smelling the peore. And by the way, with the smelling peore, I know exactly where it come from. <laughs> My husband always said to me, hey, can I weird? 
Yeah, definitely, um, definitely foreign for me to see. I say foreign because it's just such a foreign concept to me to smell a plant or a fiber and and know where it came from, right? But that's really how connected she is to the paeore. Um, she could grab it and she could tell right away if it's from Rurutu or Tahiti or from Hawaii or somewhere else. Um, and so she, right away she could tell if it's just not from home, right? And then she'll ask, hey, you got this from Hawaii, huh? And, and then people are like, yeah, how'd you know? It's like she could smell it. Um, anyway. <laughs> and I, I forget to mention that. I, I, I bet everyone is thinking like, ah, it must be her mom who taught her how to do craft. Guess what, guys? <laughs> Even though people doesn't believe what I'm going to say, uh, I'm the one to teach my mom actually how to do craft bags, hat, necklace because I she didn't know except just sewing dress. That was a, her only thing. So I am actually the one to taught my mom and how I learned to wave. Um, every time I get the chance to sit next to an old woman who's waving. I always ask them, can you teach me? All the mama answer me back. <laughs> Heck <and> no. <laughs> you sit and watch. And that's how I did. I just sit and watch them waving. And when it's done, I go back home and I do my own. And that's how I learned how to wave by myself. Yeah. That's really awesome because that instruction is very pure and very, um, well, Polynesian, I'd say, because you're, you're watching by... Um, your senses, right? It's not like a, there's not like a video tutorial and like, like a, like instruction, oh, right? Yeah. Like, it's not no. like a class where you have to like watch it and, and, um, you get feedback in a good way, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure that the feedback was very harsh. It was really harsh, especially when uh, I was like two asking question. The mama was like, hmm, mamu na but hey, are you my It's like okay, <laughs> I will be quiet on the side. <laughs> From here, um, you did the Hava starting. I think 2009 was your first Hava, so then you did 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14 Tefana Yahurai, and then 15 with Tefana Yahurai. Um, and at, at 2015 is when we met. So if you could kind of tell, I mean. Our podcast already heard how we met and what the situation was for that. But if you could kind of tell um, a little about the group Tefana Yahurai, which was under the Meri de Fa'a, um, and just talk a little about that and how you went from there to Heikuranui and then to pregnancy and all that. If you could just tell us a little about that. Uh, when I danced with um, Tefana Yahurai, of course, the main you know, director was Tamana Oska, but the leader of the group was my aunt and my uncle, which is Tatikiki Estol and Tokurani. And uh, she was, um, because the first year I did uh, Tefana with them, I was the costume lady for the group. And uh, that year, in 2015, she asked me to choose between costume or dance. So I went I told her that I want to do both, and she's like, no, no way, <laughs> you're going to do one. So I changed, I, 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 I choose to dance. It's, to be honest, I always love to do a Heiva with a big group, with my people. It's more fun. We know already what to do. We don't need people to tell us, especially our leader, to tell us, hey, do your costume, 
do this and that and also like to 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 know new people it's a really great experience and at that year in 2015 i really loved that that group because there was like uh rurutu people in there was Haitian people most of the people who was dancing is from Fa'a, myself also and it was a great thing uh and uh that year i didn't know uh ryan yet but i got i got a little my eyes on him for sure <laughs> um he i thought i thought in first place like i told him i thought he was a, a chinese dude from tahiti and uh, i know if any tahitian people is listening to that podcast they know what i mean <laughs> i thought it was a, a, t- a tinto from tahiti but as soon he opened his mouth inside my head like okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay, girl, your English is not perfect, so <laughs> go back to your line. <laughs> it was it was nice. I mean, I don't know, like I got kind of shy right now <laughs> to talk about my husband. <laughs> it was nice to 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 be around my people and also to know Ryan at that time. And I'm pretty sure he talked about the power he may know. And guess what, guys? I never told him that. Is that I didn't have choice. He was the only one who never, never got picked. Whatever, dude. And uh, yeah, what was your what was your next question about it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so from there we became a couple, and um, you decided at some point after you gave birth that um, we'd move to the U.S. And we moved in together, but we decided at first, I know you resisted. You didn't want to do anything with Oriteti outside of home. So um, when I moved here with my newborn, and um, it was hard. It was a big slap on my face because I realized that I don't have family here. It's only my son and uh, Ryan. And... um, yeah, I didn't want to be part of any group or be in a community of Oditeti here because I was trying, first of all, to be stable about myself and my son and Ryan to leave first. So I, I put a big no-no on that for sure. Um, but it was it was hard, to be honest. It was hard to move alone here without any family, without not knowing the language and the, of course the culture the culture here is different as in Tahiti so I was already having a culture shock when I moved here and um it took a lot out of me for sure I was uh, I wasn't I wasn't okay in the first place I was lost uh, when I came here and uh whew. It's kind of like give me anxiety right now <laughs> to talk okay. about it. Yeah. Um, so that said, um, after that, uh, yeah, I did work with some group. That's when I was getting confident about myself because <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows is that English wasn't part of my <laughs> language routine. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't speak English uh, when I moved here. I was doing aparima. <laughs> <laughs> talking to people so 
when I try with the, the group that I work with, um, it was hard to communicate, to communicate it with them. It was hard, but I, I pushed myself to do it because if I never tried it, I would never became the person that I am today talking in English, right? It was nice to work with other people and make me realize that, oh, there's actually a Tahitian community here. Um, they are doing what we do in Tahiti. Of course, not in Tahitian or French, but they are speaking English. So it was, it was, it was nice to see that. Actually, it was really nice to me. Um, I felt like um, if I want to see my people or my community, I find a community here in um, America. It was really nice. Uh, the big thing that working with group is the communication, for sure. The communication wasn't there in the beginning for myself. Um, as soon as I did understand and speak the language, that's how I began to explain about everything that I could explain to, to, to those people, those group, and make them understand there's some, some stuff that they do here in America. Um, it doesn't relate to anything about Tahiti. And yeah, I'm not bashing on people. I'm, I'm trying to uh, explain that sometimes what you guys are doing, it's not realistic from Tahiti. You know what I mean? And if you guys, if you guys want to learn more about Tahiti, I mean, hire people from Tahiti to help you guys understand. Oh, there's even actually some Tahitian who living in the U.S., that like Moino, she have a her iBook for that. Go and buy it because that will help you you shop the group to understand more about um, our culture. And again, I'm not bashing in people. <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm not bashing people here. I'm trying to help people to understand. Sometimes the concept that they are doing is not right. Sometimes it's out of the context of being Tahitian. And sometimes Tahitian have hard time to explain to you guys also this is not the right way because, again, the communication is, is there too. We have a hard time to communicate stuff and translating in English because um, sometimes there's nothing to translate because we, we know that from day one we we're born. We know that we cannot do that. And how how I, I can say that is a taboo. We cannot say it. We can just show you guys. But also the other part is that you guys need to understand <laughs> that there's boundary sometimes, that you cannot jump over the, the wall, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Every culture has its own boundaries, right? There's There's open and closed knowledge systems within indigenous cultures such as cultures from French Polynesia. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and I know like right here, you're, I could tell you're holding back somewhat because I know that we're talking about the good memories you had with working with groups that asked you for help. But as far as the Oriteti community w goes, I, I know that you mentioned to me, you didn't feel connected to it, that they weren't necessarily your people because by contrast, you would you would get really happy, right? When you would meet or know about other Tahitian people here. That's why we even started the group, which was to try to get you to 
um, meet up with Julie or Heiani, right? Julie in Las Vegas or Heiani in Hawaii. And then you finally did meet Moinau, who was in LA. And I, I saw how you, your, your, your whole body expression changed. Um, your, the way that you seemed happier, you just, it just, it was like seeing family, right? I think when Tino also came, I remember seeing that too. Like you were just so happy to see people from home speak Reofrani uh, or French. And um, yeah, I guess that brings me to kind of coming to the last part. When I see how happy you are with other Tatian people here, um, what we've been trying to do is bridge um, other Tatian American diasporas or communities together from different states. And what do you think that it will take for us to have a solid community in that sense? I like I like what you're saying in the beginning, like if I feel connected to the community here. Yeah. yeah, I do not. And how I don't know how to explain that feeling. It's just that when you're around your people, you will feel connected no matter what and no matter where you are. But when someone is acting the way that your people is, you can tell there's there's no much. How do you say that? There's no, um, not heart, but there's a feeling, connection feeling there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when you don't find that, you, you, you cannot fake it. Like, right, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, like, I didn't, is. I never feel connected. Mm -hmm. And I think I will never be connected because, again, when you know it's your people, you, you know it inside your heart. Right. When, when it's someone who's acting like your people and they, you, you can feel it too. Because mm -hmm. we, we call that in Masha, there's the, uh, in Tahiti we call that there's no varua. Ete varua. Memsi, uh, even though you, you're not blood related, you can feel it. Hey, there's a varua there. Even though we're not related, we know that we, we, we came from, the, from Tahiti. We, that's my people. Right. No, that makes sense. I mean, um, all the other Polynesian communities, Hawaiian, Samoan, Tongan, um, you know, they have that camaraderie with each other when they find each other. Like I see it growing up in the classroom, like there'd be like a Samoan kid and then a new Samoan kid. And like like tomorrow, they're best friends. Right. Like because yeah. they find each other. So um, that's what I was making the point about you originally asking me, um, can we go to Hawaii to see Heiani? Can we go to Las Vegas to see Julie? I beg <laughs> and then finally it was um you know after seeing more now i, I think at huda Teiti, yeah it was we met her and steve that, yeah. and um I, I remember after that you were like can we go to la to see more now in the, in the girls and you wanted to you know be around other tatian people that you you felt like it's your it's, sister already it's, you know it's like a comfort right right a comfort that i don't have here you know i, I don't have my my family if i can have my people Oh my gosh, that's the best feeling ever. Even though I don't know those, you know, yeah. in the beginning I didn't know who Zmuino is, but when I met her for the first time, I keep begging you to bring me there mm -hmm. and try to meet other people. And that's how we came up with the um, page on Facebook. And I was so happy the first time we have the Tamara with all only Tahitian people. <gasps> Dude, I was, I was in heaven. I was like, oh my God, now I can be home without being home, if that makes sense. I have my people here, I can speak Tahitian, joke, 
the Haitian joke, you know. Um, I, I can't let my kids being around those people because because we trust each other, you know. Like, the Haitian people watch out over, you know, even though we're not blood-related. Uh, we watch our people. It's so funny to me that you keep saying you're not blood related because you literally are <laughs> like you literally are blood related to a whole bunch of these people. And I am, I um, am. <laughs> it's funny how y'all are all, like related, like 50, like literally by genealogy. Right. Um, but but that does like I actually thought that part B and part C of my um, original questions for you weren't that connected. But now I, I do see they are because we do see like. There's this huge Oditeti community. You came into it. You made a lot of friends. You helped out a couple of groups. You had some good memories. You met groups that you still even want to work with today. But you, to the community as a whole, you don't feel connected. And then yet there's, there is a connection to, you do feel connected to like strangers who happen to be born and raised in Tahiti also and are living here at their spouse or are even part Tahitian. Like you're, I know, I know you, you're also like feeling close to like Thai and other people like that, where one parent is Tahitian and another parent isn't, um, like our children. And I know that you feel that sense of community or family with them. So that does bring us to that last point that I was making is, um, what do you think it will take for us to bridge the Tahitian communities in the U.S. from Utah, from Hawaii, from L.A., from Florida? and the states in between, what do, you, what do you think it will take for us to um, bridge it together? Do we have to have a big meetup? Do we have to keep building an online community? Um, like, what do you foresee for that other than, and, and obviously like the podcasts and things like that, but what do you foresee for all of us to be together as one and have this community of Tahitian American families and couples? Well, I mean, there's that phrase in the Asian, we always say, and it means that when it's time, it's time. You, you, you don't actually reach for the time to come quick or later. Just you know when it's time to go, it's time to go. And I think right now we, um, to be honest, right now, I think the best is to know where every Tahitian family is located first instead to reach out for the big community, you know? Yeah. Because everyone have their own schedule, everyone has their own stuff, you know, their own journey, right. and we don't want to, you know, disturb anything about their planning, but more about knowing where their family are located, how we can, um, according, like, connecting all our schedule to make an, a, a, a big meeting, but yet, again, <laughs> Again, we, ha we we do not rush. I know we don't need to rush, and I know it can be tomorrow or later on, but time will, will come. And I'm excited for that. <laughs> and just closing out remarks, um, is there anything you want to say on air on the podcast? Um, is there anybody you want to thank or shout out? in our little community that uh, maybe has helped you along the way or made you feel like family. And um, I just wanted to give you that chance if you wanted to. Yeah, first of all is um, my husband, 
thank you for for my husband to be patient i know it's hard i know it's like a <laughs> roller coaster to live with me and also like to put uh, my own culture on him was kind of hard also because i expect a lot about him and he does well i want to thank him for that to be patient and understanding about everything that i do and <laughs> push on him <laughs> to do that's a big thank you um I also want to thank uh, my Samoan and Tongan community here in SF because, again, being the only uh, 100% blood Tahitian in SF, it's kind of feel lost. But when I find out that um, there's Tongan and Samoan community, they really like welcoming me nice, like how Polynesian does. Thank you for them to welcome me and my little family in that community that was not that was it's still <laughs> it's 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 a big thank you for them to do that to me and my family also thank you to um my Tahitian community that I me and my husband find out about it in LA Utah Hawaii <laughs> and all over the place <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy actually to see that there's the Haitian living here and be able to meet with them, eat with them, spend the weekend with them and just be able to be me around them. That's a nice thing. Thank you guys. Um also thank you my in-law Ryan's parents to be patient with me. I know in the beginning it wasn't easy. Uh, I didn't speak the language, but the, I, I got through. I got through. <laughs> now I speak English. I do understand. They're so patient and take care of my sons. For any new couples um, that are Tahitian or one one partner's Tahitian, one partner's um, from the United States, what kind of advice do you have for them? I mean, I know we always talk about patience, right? Because for that whole first year of the visa process, the person yeah. waiting can't work, can't do much. So what would be just like one big piece of advice that you'd give to uh, new couples that are trying to go through the process that we did? Like you say, patient is the big key for a couple like us. Half, like um, the, the, one of the, uh, the, the partner is from Tahiti and the other one is from here. Patient will be the big key. But other than that, I just want you, you, you new couple to know that there's other couple who got through the same process that you do and you're not alone and do not think that you can do that by yourself, except if you're rich, for sure, you can do that. <laughs> but uh, again, if, if you guys need support and everything, there's other couple like you guys who can help you guys through that process, who can support monthly you guys, because I know it will be, it, it's a big hit on the person who's doing all the process. It's hard, but you can do it. I did it. A lot of Tahitian here too did it. So why not you? And we're all here to help you uh, get through that. So that was kind of her way of calling out to other people who are listening. Um, if this message kind of resonates with you we would definitely advise you to add um, or try to join the group Tahitian American Families and Couples on Facebook 
Uh, again, it grew from like six members to like 250 strong today. It's really not much, but it's a start. Um, in there, no one's able to give like actual legal advice, but we're all there to kind of support each other and um, share perspectives and try to put our heads together and help because like we mentioned in episode one, I mentioned that there was really no support for me um, as I was trying to immigrate Vaidea here. Um, there was nothing out there about French Polynesia in the United States, um, you know, going through that the whole visa process, whether it's K-1, 485, 751, whatever you want to call it, whichever visa you're working on. Um, so that being said, I just want to thank my gorgeous wife, Vaidea Tupana Sam. Thank you for coming on today. Um, it was a really... Like, it wasn't rushed, but we only had like an hour to do this because we really couldn't have done this if our kids were here. They would just not allow us to do this. Um, but thank you for tuning in, and maruru mete. Maruru, nana, apa.